He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. of the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. T-Dub is joining us today. Colby Powell still out with the baby and working hard on the Golf Channel. And we will also be joined after the break by my dad, the Huntman Craig Humphreys, live from Augusta National. Uh, actually, not Augusta National. It's T-Bones tonight uh, with Al Ishback. So that'll be entertaining. Um, but first, T-Dub, what did you see out at Augusta today because I saw that Scotty Scheffler is continuing one of the biggest heaters of all time in the game of golf. And to me, it looks like Scotty Scheffler has no weaknesses, right, T-Dub? No, I'm not seeing anything in this game that warrants that, that this five-shot lead is going to get anything less than that. I mean, it's I mean, we, we talk about analytics all the time. He's gaining almost a stroke and a half in every aspect of the game. You know, usually when, when a player gets to be number one, there's something that really sticks out. DJ with his driving. Luke Donald's a short game, just to, just to name a few here. But Sheffler just really does everything so well. And, you know, like we've alluded to all the time, his three wins over his last uh, five events in some of the biggest tournaments in the world. And the Masters would be by far the biggest, even out of those big three that he's already won. And so, you know, I, I don't see anything in, in his game stand that's going to end up faltering. Um, would love to see someone else make a charge. But unfortunately – I think even being five back, I know obviously everyone talks about the excitement that Augusta National has and it can bring. And definitely, you know, if, if we said Chef had a five-shot lead on the back nine, we would think it'd still be open. But I just I just see that he's playing so well. And it, it, I don't see anything happening, Sam, to where he ends up falling back to the field, even with the conditions getting up, uh, getting up tomorrow uh, afternoon. Sam. Yeah, I mean, I saw – just an intimidating player in Scotty Scheffler today and intimidating in the fact that if you're playing against him, you know, listening to Scotty Scheffler after the round, he said, as long as I'm committed to every shot, everything should be fine. Now, when you're playing against a player like that, T-Dub, that can be scary because, you know, it, it seems like Scotty is just swinging free as can be. And, you know, he's contending for the first time at Augusta National. And, you know, if, Scotty Scheffler has won at every level, and it just seems like that this might be over after 36 holes, T-Dub. I don't know if I can see in my mind Scotty Scheffler faltering on the final 36 holes. I mean, I think that the only thing that the, the way that can happen is if he's going to make a big number here and there. Like, let's say, for example, hits in the water on 12, or if he uh, puts in the water on 11. 11 playing is by far the hardest hole. Uh, this week, so that could definitely happen, and we always know the turmoil that can happen on the power fives as well. But let's just say, for example, we got some of these guys at three under. You got Hideki at three under, uh, Sung JM, Shane Lowry, and Charles Schwartz. I'm almost not going to throw Schwartz in that mix. He's been one of the worst drivers and putters of the ball this year. You got to think that that's going to come back and bite him on these last 36. So let's just say Matsuyama or Lowry 
are the two that I'm really looking at in that group. If they're able to go out and shoot three or four under on the front nine tomorrow, then they might be able to put a little bit of pressure on Scheffler and get things mixed up a little bit. But even then, I think Scheffler's cool and calm calm enough to where he's not going to get scared. But I, I don't know, Sam. Having if, if there was any other player on, with this big of a lead, then I would be a little bit even more hesitant. But he's been by far the number one player in the world the last two and a half months. And so I think that that's what really even tells it. And, you know, let's just say he is able to win a string jacket. You know, you can stop it right there and we look back on it. Some of the best two months of golf that may have ever been played on this planet or any other any other planet. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, by the numbers, Scotty Scheffler gained seven point six one shots on the field in round two. You know, what I saw from Scotty was that he was missing in the right places. Obviously, you know, the shot of the day for me came on the third shot on 13 after he got the lucky break hitting it right of Ray's Creek. Um, but he missed in the right areas and below the hole many, many times today. And, you know, gaining 1.59 shots putting, gaining two over two shots around the green and over two shots, you know, strokes gained approach and uh, off the tee. Now, that's just total dominance to me, T-Dub. And, you know, looking at Scotty Scheffler's game, uh, I was talking to Jim Woodward, you know, who we have on many, many times, and I asked him, I said, what do you see in Scotty's swing uh, to be so consistent? And he said this, he said, I see two things. I see a great setup where he sets up perfectly square every single time. Uh, and the other thing is the footwork. Now, a lot of people look at Scotty Scheffler's footwork and might say, you know, it, it looks unconventional, you know, but Greg Norman used to do the same thing with his right foot. Uh, and I will tell, and what Jim Woodward says is, I will tell you that, you know, He's the best driver of the golf ball of all time, uh, and he does the same thing every single time, Scotty, talking about Scotty Scheffler. Now, T-Dub, what do you see in his game to make him so consistent and be able to swing so freely right now? It looks like he's in the zone. Yeah, I agree with what, with what we said on that. I particularly agree with the setup thing. You know, most of the time, whenever I'm instructing anyone, I always tell them, you know, 90% of the time your problems can be fixed at setup. You know, if we get you a good setup, more in life, you're going to be able to, to figure it out from there. And like you said, Scheffler is one of the best setups out there. I will say this about the footwork. Yes, uh, Greg Norman is one of the best drivers of all time and definitely did that, that slide back with a pretty consistent move. But some people will say that that's one of the reasons why some of his drives towards the end of his major championships when he was trying to contend went a little bit offline because the feet got a little bit more uh, sway than they usually did. I think we saw an example of that, obviously, 13 is an extreme with, with the slope you're playing t-ball out there, but but Chelsea got pretty lucky being able to miss it right of the Creek Tiger was kind of in the same effect there. And you know, just you know, looking back on 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 Scheffler's game overall, you know, I, I think you're exactly onto something there, Sam. Where he's just leaving it in the right spots. You know, I felt a lot of similarities were, you know, like for example, you mentioned today where Tiger wasn't able to get up and down in certain spots like he was yesterday, but right. Scheffler was in a lot of those very similar spots, and so. You know, for only being 25 years old, and what is this, his uh, third time around around Augusta, it looks like he's been there for, for a decade plus now. So, you know, and, you know, I think one thing that's interesting, too, is that, you know, uh, Ted Scott, who he has on his bag, was the caddy for uh, for Bubba when he won here. So Absolutely. I think that, uh, Ted Scott. I think that the, I think that the caddy is going to play a big part in not only what, what Scheffler's done so far, Sam, but what 
he uh, does this weekend when it comes to course management, especially on the uh, the back nine if he's trying to hold this five-shot lead to 36 holes. No doubt. And I also asked PGA Tour player Josh Creel what he thought about Scheffler's game, and he says he hits golf shots and doesn't play golf swing. It may look unconventional to some of the uh, – look unconventional some of the time but he knows and owns what works for him and he has a world-class short game which doesn't hurt and I totally agree with Josh Creel on that you know looking at Scotty throughout the past you know five weeks it just seems like the lid has come off and whatever burden was on his shoulders to win is completely off and that's always a scary golfer to deal with now T-Dub we got to transition a little bit to Tiger Woods now, Tiger, obviously, today had the rough start, um, but got it together, and I thought after number five, played some world-class golf today, T-Dub. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of things we've seen from Tiger are things that you see from from when you just don't play a lot, right? I mean, you know, you can go out to your home course, and you can practice, and you can play and win, but, but your ball fucks a lot different in tournament competition than it is on the range. I mean, it's not, like, drastically different, but it's enough to make a difference and to make those few yards which are so important at Augusta National. And, you know, I saw it a lot yesterday where Tiger, he was definitely missing in the right spots, but you saw a lot of times where he was missing short. And I think a lot of it had to do with he plays the spinniest ball out there on tour. And so I think the ball was getting a little bit more up, a little bit higher spin than what he had been used to just playing at home. But uh, as far as what I saw today, I think that, you know, it's something else that you can't teach is, you know, whenever you get started in a major championship round really poorly, you got to be able to rebound from that. And we were on a stretch where we thought Tiger may potentially miss the cut if he wasn't able to stay the ship a little bit. But, you know, I give credit to him. I mean, you know, he made a good birdie on eight. Um, had yeah. obviously a shot on 10 as one of the best iron shots you ever see. It was the definition of a, a vintage Tiger Vintage shot. Tiger, um, yep. Then the, the, the shot on four, on 11, uh, the, the chip wasn't very good. I've noticed that he's kind of, kind of jabbing his chips a little bit. I think that's another thing that goes into the just not playing as much. You, you're scared of leaving the chip short and getting it caught up in the fringe and, you know, leaving it 15 feet. So I think, for example, on 11 and 15 in particular, three as well, kind of just hit them a little bit too hard. I, I think that'll honestly get better as the weekend goes along. But, yeah, I'm saying to be four four over through five and then to be able to, to steady it. And then even talking about setting the first round, but bogey 11 and 12, then you come back and you birdie 13 and 14. You know, he only he st- didn't just steady the ship once, he steadied it twice. And, you know, that's something you expect from the world's best, but even when you don't play for, for 15 months or however long it was, but those are just things you can't uh, recreate at home. Yeah, I thought the biggest stat today for Tiger was that he lost over half a shot uh, around the greens and putting. You know, you brought up the chip shots on 11 and 15 where he could have gained some sh- – gain some strokes back on uh, on Scotty Scheffler. Um, but Tiger, you know, and some distance control issues, it doesn't look that far off. I almost think, T-Dub, that he played better today than he did yesterday. Do you agree? I, I definitely say this. I think that towards the end of the round, he was definitely swinging the driver better yesterday, or better today. I mean, I think yesterday, in particular, you saw it on 9 and 14. He had his, probably his worst drive of the day, I, I think 18 may have been thrown in there, but I don't think it's that bad. But most of the – on 9 and 14, you're trying to hit a big draw down there. And I think that Tiger's not at a point with his driver where he's comfortable hitting that draw. He saw it on uh, – you know, he kind of hit the big fade on 18, and they hit the big fade on 15, which, which put him in position to hit that really good five wood in there. So, I, I like what I've seen for, from Tiger's long game the more it went on. And, and you know, that's something that, that can go either of two ways, right? If he starts to get hurting and not feeling well, 
then his long game is going to go to crap. But if he started to get more loose and feel a little bit better, then it gets he's going to hit a lot better shots. I think that's uh, what we saw as the as the as the round went along. So I think as long as Tiger doesn't wake up just extremely sore tomorrow, then I, I think he's going to have a good day. I, I would I would be I, I'm not going to say shocked, but I, I expect Tiger, who's currently one over for the tournament, I, I expect him to be under par um, within 24 hours. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, we just talked about Scheffler and Tiger as well. They both got the bad end of the draw. Um, Scheffler obviously didn't look like he had the bad end of the draw, right, Tita? But uh, but he was just playing unbelievable golf. And I think that Tiger had a few things go against him to where that made his score look a little worse uh, than it actually was today. I do owe Tiger a big thank you for making the cut. Uh, that was my best bet of the week. Uh, Tiger Woods to make the cut at even money. Uh, that cashes in. Um, you know, I also bet on Cam Smith. Now, let's get into a little bit of Cam Smith. Obviously, two over on the round today. Wasn't putting very good. Maybe had his worst putting uh, round of the year. You know, almost lost two shots on the greens today. What would you see from Cam Smith? Yeah, I saw exactly what you're mentioning there, Sam. You know, yesterday was really highlighted because he shoots four under and he doubles the first and last hole. I, he, the round time's about to ever happen. Uh, you can probably count on one hand. And but I will say from Cam's round today, he shot a uh, a birdie free front nine with uh, with three bogeys, bogeys one, four, and nine. So it was not looking particularly well there. Then obviously bogeys twelve as well. So you know Cam's sitting at four over through twelve holes, and and then is the same through fourteen. Then he birdies fifteen, good birdie there. Then something that not many people were doing, he ended up burning eighteen as well. Had a really good approach shot in there. So I mm-hmm. think that uh, going two under in the last four is really big on Cam because. You know, if, as much as Scheffler's got such a big lead and we expect him to win, there's a really big difference between being six back and eight back going in with, with 36 holes left. So I think that Cam's got himself in that position, Sam, to where if there is someone who is going to make a run at him, I would honestly probably think that it will be Cam because he has been by far the best iron player this week, gaining a 4.47 approach. Second best is our man Harry Higgs at 2.92. So I expect Cam to get that putter rolling, Sam, and I do expect Cam to uh, – to be probably the highlight to make a run at Shepard this week. Now, I mentioned the Cam Smith and Tiger Betts, T-Dub. The odds currently, live odds, halfway through the Masters to win the tournament. Scotty Scheffler, minus 101. Hideki Matsuyama is in second as far as favorites to win the Masters at plus 1,096 right now. Then you have Dustin Johnson, Shane Lowry, and Cam Smith and Justin Thomas to round out uh, that top five of favorites to win the Masters. Other than Scotty Scheffler, if he does falter, who do you like and why should it be Hideki Matsuyama, T-Dub? <laughs> yeah, so you're jumping on that. I'll tell you what, you know, Hideki's one of those people, he definitely flew under the radar going in this week. We usually don't don't highlight defending champions. The last person to win back-to-back green jackets was, uh, was Tiger back 0-1, 0-2. Spieth had a great chance in, in 2016 and obviously hit it in the water on 12 uh, infamously. So I think Hideki, you know, looking on him, the people who make a chase, I think he's got a great chance. I think that – I think Dustin Johnson, one of my one-and-done picks, has a good chance too. You know, he's – you know, kind of funny. We talk about best drivers of the ball of all time. We mentioned Greg Norman in there, but I think DJ might have a claim for that now. I mean, he, he's gone Absolutely. through some unbelievable heaters with the driver, and, and the man can't even hit a driver right now. I mean, luckily – he was able to figure out something towards the end, hit, hit a nice little bullet on 17. But, you know, he, he tried to hit a driver on nine, and, and, and it looked like he was trying to chop a piece of wood with a lightsaber. I mean, he was <laughs> all over the place. And 
So there's definitely something wrong there. So watch out for DJ. If he's able to get his driver working, he's going to be able to make a few bit more birdies than he has because his irons in short game are looking really good right now. Um, you know, Justin Thomas shot five under today. I think he's a guy that you got to look at. Everyone was on him um, to start the week. I will say that it, it usually is fairly hard to go back-to-back really good rounds. Um, Scheffler um, pretty much did that going three under, five under, so he's kind of the exception that rule, obviously. But I, I think JT's someone to look at. I, I will say of, of the guys that are inside the top ten right now, someone you might not be looking at to have a, a, a chance is Will Zalatoris. I mean, mm-hmm. he's so good with his irons. If he's able to to put himself in some of those bowls, especially if the wind gets up tomorrow, um, go through, make pars, whether people make in uh, bogeys, and then make a few birdies on the back nine, he could – he could sneakily be get himself into position to be in in the either the final group on Sunday, Sam, or at least one of the last two. I think that. So I think that if you if you could bet on you know who's going to have one of the best low rounds for Saturday tomorrow, I think Zalatoris would be honestly towards the top of my list. Yeah, and Zalatoris actually gaining shots on the green so far this week. You mentioned Hideki. I thought Hideki. You know, his great start with birdies on two and three and six really set the tone for the day. He did have the bogey at seven, but then played bogey-free from there with a birdie on 15. He looked super solid. I'll definitely be rooting for Cam Smith, but I think that other than Scheffler, uh, Matsuyama probably has to be my favorite uh, right now. Um, You mentioned... uh, I mentioned uh, Hideki Matsuyama, past champion Charles Schwartzel, out of the blue T-Dub. I mean, where did Charles Schwartzel come from, and why is he in second place right now? Obviously, he got you know the good end of the draw, uh, but still had a great round today, shot even in the first round and three under today. Uh, what have you seen from Charles Schwartzel? Yeah, so you, you see this almost every year, it seems like. There's one of those Really, someone you talk about just off the radar comes out and plays good the first two rounds. And, and Swartzel is, is up there. I think Danny Willard is also another shock as well. But, but Swartzel, you know, we talked about this a little bit. You know, he, he was, he's been the worst putter on the PGA Tour the, the, for 2022. And he, he's been one of the worst drivers of the ball. There's only been uh, four players on the tour who have been worse drivers uh, than Swartzel. So you have a, one of the worst drivers and one of the worst putters. I, I, I'm trying to ask how you even you even finished round of golf, and then but you look at the analytics this week, Sam. Again, a 1.75 on the greens. That's uh, definitely going to be top ten for the week, and gaining a stroke on the field putting. So seems like Swartzel is is definitely riding a bit of momentum here. I, I, do I see it lasting another 36 holes? Absolutely not. Um, you know what's funny is that you know we talked about how the guys are everyone's almost convinced, right? Sheffer's breaking away from the pack, but. You know, like, for example, Swartzel, he's five off of the lead, but he's also only eight or only seven shots out of being dead last. And four over is the last people to make the cut. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is such such a condensed, a, a condensed leaderboard. And, you know, we talked about, you know, guys even down in the two-over range. You know, like we, we talked about Tiger, one over, but you got guys like Rory, John Rahm, Daniel Bergner, our boy Taylor Gooch, inefficient two-over yep. as well. I mean, that Sergio, Bubba Watson, former champions in that group as well. If if you if you have Sheffler come back to earth a little bit, and you know, let's just say that something does happen, they're only five shots out of the lead, you know, out of second at this point. So I mean, you know, you, you get some crazy wind tomorrow at Augusta, and you get some crazy bounces. Anything can happen, and and I really hope that is the case, Sam, because I, I do not want to see a unless it's Tiger doing a runaway win, which isn't going to happen. That's the only thing that we really want to see, and so 
I definitely hope Sheffield can come back to earth. And if it does, I think it brings a lot of golfers into the mix for the Green Jacket. I totally agree. And transitioning a little bit back to Tiger, we heard from him after the round uh, say, I just need to get there to the back nine on Sunday and put myself in that position. And he also talked about how he's not feeling the greatest, uh, but he's energized by the fact that he made the cut. Um, you, you could kind of visibly, for the first time so far, you know, in this Masters, see him laboring a little bit, especially walking to that 16th tee box, you know, when they had the close-up on him, uh, kind of favoring that right leg. Uh, T-Dub, what what do you see from Tiger physically, um, and what does he have to do this weekend to get in contention on that back nine like he wants to? Well, you know, luckily he was able to make a few birdies coming in, like we mentioned, to get him a uh, – a one o'clock tea and one o'clock Eastern tea time. So luckily he'll be able to uh, give him a little bit of time to rest. But we mentioned uh, multiple times that going early late was a benefit for him and on his leg. And I, I think that kind of did pan out because you noticed early on in the round, I think he was trying to get a little bit loose there. Um, what I see from Tiger, what he's going to need to do to have any chance of, of contending. One is that Sheffler's going to come back to earth, like we mentioned. Um, but I think he's going to need the conditions to get tough tomorrow. And because from what I've seen, you know, no one knows that a golf course better than Tiger Woods. So he's been able to really course management himself so well around there. And, you know, it's kind of funny because you really only notice when someone has course management, they're putting the ball where they want to. And that goes to show that Tiger's been able to do that. You know, on Thursday, I noticed in particular, you know, he was below the hole in almost every single shot. I think the only times that he was above the hole were on 14 and he was on 17,000 middle of the green. So, I, I consider that just fine. So he has such great control of his ball. And, you know, if, if you're able to do that, make the make the pars on the hard holes, and then if you can just take advantage of some of the par fives on the back. You know, like I said, we saw him get able to get to 15 a day, which not a lot of people were able to do. And uh, so if he can – and then he got a little bit lucky on 13, like we mentioned. But being able to, to birdie that hole is obviously good as well. So take advantage of the par fives, and hopefully the wind conditions can get up, Sam and allow him to move up the leaderboard while the other guys are moving back. Yeah, T-Dub, and we do have the pairings out uh, for round three now. Um, Hovland will be going off with Adam Scott and Mackenzie Hughes, who almost killed somebody today with that shank. Did you see that shank? Oh, the shank on 15. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned that's the, the hardest wedge shot in golf. I mean, the ball's a little bit below his feet, but <laughs> no excuse for the, for the shank upon us, especially to the nice patrons. I mean, what did they, what did they do, Sam? I mean, they didn't do anything wrong. I know, right? Uh, yeah, I did enjoy the hat tip and the uh, and the wave after. If you if you do shank one, you got to play it off. Um, but anyways, uh, Hovland goes off at nine thirty Central Time uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, we will have our man Taylor Gooch. He goes off at ten forty Central Time tomorrow, and he goes off with uh, Daniel Berger and Siwoo Kim. Or no, just Daniel Berger. It's twosomes. Uh, excuse me. And then um, we have Rom and Hatton at 1130. Uh, they are just after Rory McIlroy. Um, and then we will have uh, Kisner and Tiger Woods. That's That would be an entertaining group to watch uh, for sure tomorrow at noon our time. So Tiger goes off at noon uh, Central Time uh, on Saturday. And then the final group with Scheffler and Schwartzel will go off at 150. Uh, our time, T-Dub. Uh, what are you looking for in those, you know, maybe out of those groups? And maybe what did you see from Taylor Gooch uh, after the hot start on Thursday? 
Yeah, so, you know, watching TG today, he hit one of the best bunker shots I've seen in some time. He was in the front bunker on nine and hit up to about three feet. So I, I love what TG had. He, he didn't, unfortunately, didn't play the par fives on the back very well, bogey 14 and 15, and then bogeyed 18, one of the hardest holes on the course. So, unfortunately, you know, a couple of the holes where he had a chance to make an opportunity on to make a birdie, unfortunately, made a bogey. And so that's kind of come back to bottom. But like we mentioned, the two overs are definitely not out of this tournament if Sheffler can go in. You know, looking at the tee time, Sam, one thing that sticks out to me is this group 21, the, uh, the, the 2 o'clock Eastern time. Morikawa and Zalatoris, I mean, that is just a ball Talk about a ball-striking right group right there. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Once they get on the green, I might look away and go ahead and start walking up <laughs> to the tee box. But, but, uh, but I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me, Sam, if, if one of those players – get caught or for example you know we see this a lot where, where players start to build off of each other when, when one of them is playing good so wouldn't shock me at all if Morikawa and Zalatoris were able to feed off of each other and both of them were able to make a run tomorrow to get back in the top five. T-Dub I do want to talk about a guy we haven't talked about yet he's tied for six that's Harold Varner he shot one under today now Varner has been playing really solid uh, so far this season, obviously got the win in Saudi Arabia, but around the greens today, he gained over a shot and a half on the field and gained over a half a shot strokes gained approach today. And T-Dub, you know, when I look at guys that kind of go under the radar here in this top 10, I would have to put Varner and Connors uh, in that list. You know, I, I wouldn't, I would kind of throw out Kevin Na, I would throw out maybe Charles Schwartzel, um, but who do you like maybe out of Connors, Varner, M, and Lowry. Yeah, we talk about what a horrible Masters would be if Kevin Nall ended up putting the Green Jack, man. I think everyone <laughs> when is it rooting all costs, it. right, T-Dub? <laughs> no, I mean, he is the definition. Of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Sam. I, I really love Harold Varner. I think that the unfortunate thing for him is just that he's in that, that first-timer curse. So it's one of those things where I can't pick a first-timer to win in Augusta until I see it happen. I mean, it's been over right. 40 years since the last time it happened. So I think that is a thing holding him back. I, I will say this. I, I really do love love what, what you mentioned about Corey Connors. You know, looking at it, he's losing a decent amount of strokes on the green so far, but uh, driver and irons are good, and his chipping has been really well as well. So I, I definitely think I think Connors is going to be around. He he was in that category, like you mentioned, with Swartz. So he got out there early, was able to kind of post a score and kind of get in before the conditions got absolutely horrible out there. So, but I, I think Connor's ball striking is going to, is going to keep him going. So, I mean, you look at the guys at minus one there, Sam. I mean, you know, we already mentioned more Kyle Zalatoris, Corey Connors, but then you throw uh, Justin Thomas, Joaquin Neiman in there. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a better five ball strikers all, all within that part of the leaderboard. So, I mean, I think that at least two to three of those guys out of there is going to get within the top, uh, top three to five uh, by tomorrow's end. T-Dub, I have a question for you, and I kind of you know, thought about this as I was watching the golf earlier. Why does Augusta National set up for two types of players, either players that have won there before, such as a Schwartzel or a Willett, um, or a, a, an artist, you know, a, as Scotty Scheffler is, and, you know, there's technical sides such as Bryson. By the way, Bryson would have played better this week with a racket and a Nerf football uh, than he played, you know, this week shooting like 12 over, right, T-Dub? But anyways, uh, my question here is, Schwartzel, Willett, obviously winners here in the past, Bubba Watson, Scheffler, um, you know, going down the list, Dustin Johnson's types that are just 
artists. You know, they, they, they don't overthink things. They, they go out and they don't play golf swing. They just go out and play the golf course. Why does Augusta National set up so well for guys? And why do guys continue to play well on Augusta National every single year? Well, I think that a lot of it comes down to just the creative genius that that Augusta National is because you're able to hit so many different shots around there at any given moment. And I mean, we but, saw but it from number- Scheffler, you know, when he, he had the high finishes, he had the low finishes. Man, that was almost the shot of the day on 17. If it, if it got up by another three inches, that would have been close. I, the, the, you, you make a really good point. That was a really good shot. And I think one of the reasons, too, you know, because we mentioned guys that always play well there, but, you know, like we mentioned on the previous shows, we noticed the trend of how guys play coming into this event. And I think so much of it has to do with just commitment because, you know, if you get over a shot, and especially with the way the wind was blowing here, and if you're not 110% committed to what the result's going to be, you're not going to have a very good shot. So, you know, you look at guys like Swartzel and Willett, who are past champions, they know that they, they're they able to do it, right? Because they've already done it at that course. So they can ride off the momentum, and then they stay even more committed than they would be for, you know, like, for example, a first-timer like Harold Barner or our boy T. Gooch. So, I think that's just an advantage you, you get from, from being a past champion. Um, you know, obviously, the more times you see the course, it's going to be better for you. So I think that obviously plays into Willett and Schwartz's hand as well. But at the same time, like we mentioned with the, with the trend table, it just comes down to really at the end of the day, who's playing the best while the course management in there at the same time. So I, I, I think that's why we keep leaning towards Shepard. But just going back to your question, I, I, I just think that it's a total – you have to be 120% committed to what you do. And I think that's the reason why the number one player in the world and, and some of these past champions are the, are at the top of the leaderboard. I totally agree with that, T-Dub. And I also think that former champions might play better here because, you know, the burden's off their shoulders a little bit, right, T-Dub? I mean, I think that some players might make the Masters a little bit bigger in their mind uh, than it actually is. Well, I mean, just look at, you know, Sandy Lyle, Larry Mize, all these guys, you know, they won back in the 80s. So uh, it uh, just goes to show, you know, once you win at one time, you know, that you can play here till the day you die. And, you know, I think there's something refreshing about that, knowing that, you know, you, you essentially have a the, – the, re- the second weekend in April for the rest of your life is booked. And, you know, that's, <laughs> that that's something that so you – That would be so when, cool. When, and, you know, unless you're, unless you're someone like our man John Daly who, who books the Hooters, down at Augusta, you know, if you don't win the Masters, <laughs> you're not going to have that luxury of knowing what you're doing every single year. So I completely agree that, you know, once you – and obviously I, I have no record of this. is just going on what I think. But, you know, if you win at that course, you know, it just brings up so many good memories and you're just going to feel so good when you get on property that I don't think there's any way that you can, you can really play golf, bad golfers. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, the course plays pretty similar every single year. Now, it is a little softer this year. I feel like the fairways might be cut a little longer than normal. I think that, you know, some shots like number uh, 17 and 15 over those greens, I've seen some balls stop uh, where they haven't in the past. Maybe that's due to the rain earlier in the week. Um, Obviously, the greens have the, you know, sub-air system and everything, and um, so they're just as you know, firm as they can be. Um, but I have seen, you know, some shots maybe sit where they haven't in the past. Have you seen that T-Dub or am I, you know, just off my rocker? No, no, I, I completely agree. I think that like, like we mentioned before, a little bit of the rain, I think holding up 
a little bit of it. And I, I think that we're going to see that change as, as the weekend comes along. I think it's going to start drying out. I think that, you know, they're going to get everything's going to get a little bit firmer, a little bit faster, which plays into the, uh, you know, like we were just talking about the commitment thing, because, you know, you're going to have to know where your ball is going to land. You're going to have to know that it takes the ridges. You're going to have to trust not aiming at the flag every single time. You know, the last thing that I guess the national is a target practice. You know, you've got to be like you said, you got to be an artist out there and you've got, you've got to really work your ball. So I, I think that with the way that the weekend forecast is looking, Sam, I think that it's going to really play into the, uh, the traditional Augusta winners uh, type of game. Yeah, and, you know, on soft golf courses here in Oklahoma, you need a Groove It Brush. Grooveitbrush.com. Enter our promo code 73rd hole, 73RDHOLE, and get 10% off a Groove It Brush. Uh, our man Clint Sanderson doing a great job over there with Groove It. Um, and then also check out Ring Family Dentistry. If you need any dental work here in Oklahoma City, go visit Ring Family Dentistry. I know Phil and Brennan Ring personal, personally. They do same-day orthodontics, same-day crowns, all of that stuff. They will get you lined up. They are great, great people. Go visit Ring Family Dentistry. Uh, all right, T-Dub. Hey, I want to do a little game, all right, for the weekend. I want to pick three golfers not named Scotty Scheffler, and we do combined score for the weekend, T-Dub. Who would you like as your first pick other than Scotty Scheffler? All right, so are we doing – are we going to do how they end up finishing at the tournament, or are we just doing what their 36-hole weekend score is? Uh, Just their 36-hole weekend score. Uh, You know, we could include Scotty if we did just 36 – you want to do that, yes, or would we, you rather do for well, the tournament? Yeah, no, we, we can do that because, uh, like I said, I don't think Scheffler's going to shoot another 8-under for, for two rounds to get to 16-under. He very well could. But, uh, but no, I, I think let's just go uh, weekend score. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to start off uh, with Cameron Smith. I mean, I, ha- I can't jump off the bandwagon now, T-Dub. I've been driving it for two years, uh, and he w- looked like he was leading me to the promised land. I can't get off now, right now, T-Dub? No, no. I mean, the, you, you absolutely can. I don't think there's any any way you can let that happen. So, yeah, no, you, you have been the uh, the president of the Cam Smith fan club for some time now, and at, like I said, I've had them in the one-and-done pick, so I hope that you're absolutely right there. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, since I'll, I'll assume we're doing snake draft here, I'll go ahead and pick two players. Um, you know, give me give me one guy who's tied for second right now who, you know, I, I think he might be the, the one of like three players that we didn't talk about very much in our preview show. That's Shane Lowry. I, I really like mm-hmm. what I saw from him this week. It, it would not surprise me one bit if, if tomorrow the conditions get tough and uh, he's able to still go out and post it to four under and, and both at the leaderboard to second or third place. Like he is now, so I, I really like Lowry. And then, you know, I, I'm going to go down a little bit, Sam. You know, I'm trying to find a guy who I think that is is a little bit further down, but going to make a run on the weekend. And, and, and I'm sitting here looking at 23rd place at two over, and John Rahm is just screaming at me, saying that he's going to finish. <laughs> he's going to finish top ten again. I mean, he, he shot. Uh, you know, I didn't realize this. So I was watching the recap the other night. He shot six under uh, 66 in the final round. Uh, last year, Hideki won to kind of backdoor his top ten. So I expect Rom to do King. something, I, I, and I think that I think that he's going to do that again. So give me give me Lowry with my first one, and then and then give me Rom. Send the twenty third right now. If you can get some good value on him to finish top ten, I, I would jump all over. 
All right, well, then I'm going to go easy. Then, you know, obviously I'm going to pick Sung M up there. At You know, should I pick Sung or Matsuyama? I thought you were going to go with Matsuyama, so I just, you know, convinced myself that I should pick Sung M. Maybe I should go, yeah, I'm going to go Sung M and I'm going to go Justin Thomas. So give me Sung and Justin Thomas and Cameron Smith and your 3R, T-Dub. Uh, I will take uh, Lowry, and then I had Rom, and then since, since you mentioned him, who I was thinking about taking anyway, and you didn't, um, give, give me give me Hideki. It wouldn't, um, it wouldn't as much as I would be shocked that if Scheffler ended up not winning, it, it wouldn't be beyond the realm of all possibility if Hideki ended up going back to back. And I think that would be a really cool storyline uh, for the world of golf. Well, T Dub, what are you looking forward to this weekend? And you know, maybe some of your favorite memories on the weekend at Augusta. Oh, I mean, I, I just I cannot believe that we're getting to watch Tiger Woods play another Thursday hole. It's uh, it's just going to be absolutely unbelievable, magical to watch. And you know, I, I just want people to realize this: that I mean, there was a very good possibility. We didn't think we'd ever see this. I was definitely on that bandwagon for some time, and you know, people just don't take it for granted. I mean, he's not going to be able to do to do what he's doing now for that much longer in the grand scheme of things. He's not going to be. 75 out there and, yeah. and dominating the field. So. If I may, T-Dub, real quick, we added it up last week, and, you know, say he plays for six more years, right? That would be, you know, 52-ish, right? So say he has six more Masters. That When we were talking about whether he would play or not, why he would want to play in this Masters, only six more Masters, you know, that means it's only, you know, 24 more majors. You know, we are coming down the final stretch of Tiger, if healthy, being able to truly compete in these golf tournaments. And, you know, I think that this comeback from Tiger Woods, I I feel like it's being a little understated right now just because he played so well yesterday and it was a little bit of a letdown today. I still think it's one of the greatest comebacks in the history of golf to make the cut at Augusta National. What if I told you that, T-Dub, when we were sitting up there with Taylor Gooch in my uh, in my ping pong room, you know, a, a year ago when we heard the Tiger Woods news, I would. And you know, what's funny is that we, we, at this point we should never doubt Tiger. It's just, never. But at, at certain points, like how, I'm, how many things do you have to get thrown at life before you can say, "All right, yeah, it, this is actually going to be the thing." I mean, because it. I mean, we talk about amputation. Thing. I mean, it's, this wasn't just a you know a go in and you're out of surgery in, in 30 minutes. This was. A, a very life-threatening situation. And so, then he was in a I, hospital I, bed for three months after that. And, and he's didn't, still recovering. Like he mentioned, um, I think he mentioned this either today or yesterday, he's still got his back issue. You know? Exactly. So, you, know, I, you know, so, I mean, I mean, we're, we've seen the, the gauntlet is being thrown at Tiger Woods, and he's just dodging, uh, dodging everything left and right. So I'm just so excited to get to see him play. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here watching live from Sam, and, you know, I feel like they're critiquing Tiger like he was back in 2000. It's like, <laughs> people, not, people not realize that he hadn't played in 18 months or whatever. I mean, for him to be in the top 20 is just, I mean, just look at some of the golfers that he's beating right now. And and, and look at some of the players who, who didn't make the cut, you know, like uh, Speed, Kepka, uh, Shoffley. You know, just just DeChambeau, we already mentioned. By the way, by the way, T-Dub, real quick, while you're on speed, you know, Kepka and Shoffley, who's your biggest disappointment of this week? I would say out of those three, Sam, I was probably the highest on Kepka. you know. And and the thing about Kepka too, which is disappointing, is, 
you know, he was two under through 10 holes uh, on Thursday. I mean, he, he seemed like he had it rolling. You know, my dad had a top 10 bet on him. And I was like, man, you know, this is looking pretty solid right now. And unfortunately, he's not even getting to play the next Saturday and Sunday. You know, they told him to go home. So, and, and looking at his round, you know, he birdied the second hole today. But then after that, made four bogeys coming in with no birdies. And, and then probably the craziest out of all that, Sam, is Shopway made one birdie on the entire tournament. You know, he, he hit it to about six feet on 17 and made a birdie. Other than that, <laughs> no crazy. birdies for, for a top 10 player in the world. Uh, you know, with the gettable part five they had it out there, truly remarkable. Must so have been the go, wall of win. I, it must have been steady. It must have been <laughs> rotating with, with every shot he hit. So I, I definitely think that you look at disappointments, Sam. I definitely go on Kepka one. Uh, Shoffley too, and then you know I you know we didn't necessarily really call the mishap from Spieth, but but Sam we were both on 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 the train of you know he he's not going to have a chance to get ten. Yeah, I think a couple other disappointments. Uh, obviously, OU's Abe answer with a seventy nine uh, in the second round had uh, doubles on seven and eight today, uh, and then and eleven. Wow, I mean I, I'm looking at. Abe's scorecard for the first time. I knew he shot 79. I didn't know how he did it. Um, but that, that's a little bit of a disappointment after playing solid in the first round. And then Sam Burns to miss the cut on the number at five over. Uh, you know, I, I thought that Sam Burns would maybe make a make the cut at least and maybe finish, you know, top 30 or so at, at the worst. Yeah, yeah, I, I, he just falls into that, you know, first time at Augusta. You just never know yep. what's going to happen. You know, we mentioned Harold Vaughn or T. Gooch, first time they're playing, playing well as well. But, but Sam Burns only missed the cut by one, which is kind of a shame because, like, like we said, you know, plus four, it's right on the cut line, but it's only, it's only five shots at a tenth. T-Dub, so, I, mean, I brought this up, you know, obviously, you know, this year it wouldn't have mattered because of Scotty Scheffler, but – you know, I brought this up on the radio today. Um, do you think there should still be a 10-shot rule? I, I, Sam, I'll be honest with you. I think every time it should have a 10-shot even, rule. Even um, with the limited field of Augusta National, of the Masters. Yeah, I just – I think that – and I think it's even more so at Augusta National because, I mean, it, there's been a lot of talk, uh, you know, especially on live from and all that about how generally the winner is going to come from – after 36 holes, they're going to be in the top five, generally. So a lot of people think that, you know, it's not, not really a, a chaser's uh, paradise. But, I mean, when you look at it, Sam, I mean, you can make up five shots on this golf course fairly easily whenever you look at it. I mean, obviously, whenever you're trying to chase Scotty Scheffler, you know, it, it's a little bit harder. But the reason I bring up five shots is that, you know, if you're 10 shots back, you make up five shots on Saturday, five shots on Sunday, you next thing you know you're tied for the league. And, I, I just think that – and I think the same way for any term is that you give the best players in the world enough time to get hot and to make birdies. They can jump up the leaderboard. They, a lot of times they might not necessarily win, but they can finish top ten, right? And I just – I think that you just do that. The more players that you can have who at least have somewhat of a chance, the better. I, I think that maybe in some situations you need to have a um, – of what they used to do, the made cut didn't finish. So, like, if you have – like it's a 91 person field. If you have 80 players who are within 10 of the lead, you know you can't really do that for Saturday and Sunday. So I think that you know after Saturday you may cut that down to the exact 50 and ties, maybe even less than that if you want to do it. But I'm just all about and just giving guys you know one more round of opportunity to try to make a run. I think the 10 shot rule would, would definitely let that uh, happen a lot more often. T Dub, uh, the last guy I want to ask you about. 
uh, is a guy I'm surprised you haven't brought up so far uh, in this uh, episode. T-Dub, can you tell me who putted the best in round two by a wide, wide margin? Who putted the best in round two? Who gained the most Uh, strokes in round two of anyone on the greens? Oh, man. Let me see. I'm going to assume someone that shot really well, but we've already talked about a lot of these guys. Um, It wasn't Demon. Um, I don't know. JJ Spawn, perhaps? No, it was your man C. Bezel, T-Dub. Did, what, oh, did you C. see any shots from uh, C. Bezel today? Man, you know, C. Bezel, he's just going to play steady. You know? <laughs> Christian he, 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 Yeah, for anyone who doesn't yeah. know. He made, <laughs> but, yeah, so he, he went into the conundrum. You know, he shot even on the front. That's pretty good. But both 10 to 11, not looking extremely solid. But then but then he birdied uh, three of his next four after that to coast in at even par. You know, at, we keep talking about all these guys right around there, Sam. You know, but Zane is not the type of guy. He's not going to go out there and shoot a 63 on it. He's not going to be breaking a lot of course records. But if the conditions get tough and you have to make those five to ten footers for par, Steve Bezel is going to be your guy. So, you know, I, I think tomorrow is probably going to be the round to where he kind of floats around the lead a little bit more. But I think once Sunday comes around, Sam, and, and there's going to be a few more birdie opportunities at the end of those swells, some chances, some potential hole-outs and hole-in-ones. I think that's where Steve Bezel will kind of come back more down to earth. I expect him to finish around the uh, probably 18 to 25 range. I I kind of agree with you on that, T-Dub. Uh, so one South African to another uh, will go to break after this, uh, but how high Charles Schwartz will T-Dub? I have it pulled oh, up. Oh, man. I'm gonna, I, I, he got in the top 10 at one point because he, he was – a lot of people just remember from the Masters. He was actually a really good player back then. Um Give me six. That is right on the money, T Dub. He finished. Wow, he was uh, he was sixth in the world after he finished tied for fourth at the Cadillac WGC Championship in uh, in 2012. So that was after he won the Masters in 2011. Uh, Charles Schwartzel, how high he finished, or he <laughs> got all the way up to uh, to sixth in the world. Uh, T Dub. Uh, Thanks for joining me tonight, and uh, and tell me a little bit about you know a little more about what you think this weekend, and uh, and maybe give me some final thoughts. Yeah, so I think that it's going to take something of massive proportion uh, to go wrong for Sky Shepherd not to win this tournament. Um, is it definitely possible? Absolutely. Um, it's going to be almost record breaking if he doesn't. So I think it, the thing I'm looking forward to see if if somehow he is going to blow that lead then how how is it going to happen? Is someone going to go out and go stick low and make a run at him? Or is Sheffler going to bogey, you know, come out and do kind of what Tiger did today, which I don't see happening, but bringing four in the first five holes and letting some more people back into it. Um, you know, obviously Tiger being, being the big highlight of what else to watch as well, um, along with all the good, other good names. And, you know, one thing I will say, Sam, you know, before we get out of here is, you know, I'm going to be looking – this is kind of off the radar thing here to say, but I'm going to be looking at Danny Willis the next couple of days because, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, kind of make fun of him in that aspect of what a major kind of fell off the earth. You know, he's only 34 years old, Sam. I mean, it's we've seen a lot of players get their game back um, at, at, at that age and even older and, and start playing world-class golf again. So, I, I, from what I saw from Willis, because I saw a good amount of the shots he was playing with Gooch, so – I try to follow a lot of that group. So I really actually liked what I saw from Danny Willett. And I, I honestly wouldn't shock me one bit if, if he's able within the next year or two to not get back on the form like he was when he won the Masters, 
but get to where he's not, uh, you know, he's not definitely not a joke by any stretch, but, you know, uh, up into the echelon of where we actually think about him to contend and PJ Tour events. All right, T-Dub. Well, uh, on the other side of the break, we will have the hump man, Craig Humphreys, live from Augusta with a special guest. Al Eshback of the Sports Animal will be telling us what he's excited to see for his first time ever at Augusta National tomorrow. Catch that right after this break here on the 73rd hole, the award-winning official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And we are now joined by special guest Al Ishback. And Al, I mean, you're in Augusta for the first time. Obviously, you haven't been to the course yet. But what are you looking forward to most about being at Augusta National tomorrow? Well, well, first of all, I get here. I got here about an hour ago. And uh, uh, Craig Humphreys, Bev Weiss, and uh, Brad Lund, well, we tried to go to this restaurant called Peebone, most famous restaurant in the city of uh, of Augusta. Four thousand people there. No way we can get in, right? Zero way. <laughs> Everybody told me this restaurant's the best to go. Craig Humphrey goes and finds the owner of the place. <laughs> I swear to God. Five minutes later, we're sitting at the table, and I'm drinking wine. How good is that? I mean, who can do that but Craig Humphrey? He's People going, how do you guys get in there so fast? Craig goes, I know the owner. I mean, just like that. You kidding me? That's unbelievable. So, yeah, my, my, yeah, my first stop here in Augusta is uh, a little bit magic. Uh, and, uh, I, no, I, I was just telling uh, I was telling uh, Brad Lund and, and Bev that I don't get excited about sporting events anymore because I've done everything for the most part. I am so excited about this. It is just like all on, on the way here. I'm just thinking about this. Wow, incredible is it going to be? And, I mean, it's just so exciting to me. And uh, I'm just – the experience is just unbelievable. I just I, – I can't imagine. And I'm not the golf fan that Craig is that you guys are. Obviously, I've watched you since a little kid. I mean, so you watch them since you're a little kid. And you go, ah, pretty tough to get. Everybody go, well, you can't get in that place. And again, Craig Humphrey's little magic and everything gets me a badge. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm here and I'm excited. And uh, it, it just, 
it's like going to a, a magic place is what it's like. It, it, it's, uh, and and that, that's, what, that's what's so exciting for me. And, I mean, the, the hunt man down at Augusta National doesn't get any more big league than that. Now, now Al, tomorrow's going to be your first day there at Augusta National. W- what do you plan to do the minute that you get in the game? What's going to be your first stop at the, the famous abode that is Augusta National? Well, I, 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 I want to see the course. Obviously, I want to see the course. Uh, it, it, when you watch something on TV, see, I've traveled the world. So, one of the things I, I, I watch on TV, I go, this looks like one of the most beautiful places in the world. So it, 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 it's, it's not just a sporting event for me. It's a travel experience for me is what this whole thing is. So it's like if, every time the last few years watching on TV, say, I can't believe how beautiful this place is. So, you know, and I've been, I've been to uh, Westwood in Norman. And so I, I don't, I may, maybe a little bit different than everything. So I don't know. <laughs> right? Al, Al, I got to ask you, now you're lucky that Tiger made the cut for you. I mean, you, you were going on the weekend. It's a little bit of a risk. What, who, what guys are going to see on the weekend? Are you going to try to get out there and see Tiger at all tomorrow? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know what? One reason I want to see Tiger, I want to see how crazy the gallery is. Yep. That's what I want to see. I mean, I, 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 I just want to – Tiger's the biggest cult figure in, in, in golf history. Uh, there was Arnie. Nicholas wasn't great. Wasn't a cult guy. He's just a great golfer. But Arnie was a cult, and now Tiger's the biggest cult of all time in the sport. So you don't have many cult heroes like a Tiger. I just want to see how the fans we had. Are they going to scream, get in the hole, or uh, do I got to do that? I don't know. This is this is my first match. I don't know how I'm going to react or act. All right, Al, we'll let you get back to dinner, but you need to come on after after you go to Augusta and let us know how it was. And if anyone wants to know, Al is on late at night on the Sports Animal from uh, from 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock on 98.1 WWLS, the Sports Animal, and I'm sure he'll be talking all about it when he gets back. Al, thank you for joining us for just a few hey, minutes. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm going to see if I can find any rednecks. See ya. All right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> And now we're joined by the hump man, my dad, Craig Humphreys, live from Augusta. But this time, he's not at Augusta National. He is at T-Bones. And you just heard Al Ishback, who is going back in to enjoy his glass of wine. Now, Dad, how was the day out at Augusta? You know, obviously, Scotty Scheffler is on the biggest heater of all time. What were your takeaways from today? Well, I mean, obviously, it's Scotty Scheffler. And I, I certainly, I mean, early in the day, Sam, with no one going low this morning, I mean, for a long time, the lowest round of the day was, was 200 par for the day. And we were thinking, if you just shoot under par at all today, that's a great day today in these conditions. And, you know, the wind's gusting 25 to 30 mile an hour, and it's tricky, and you're seeing guys get faked out. I mean, you're seeing, like, Tiger and Kev get 12 load up, totally over the green up into the azaleas. They get good bounces down and into the bunker. Um, you know, just just totally be, being faked out by the wind at times. And so, you know how it twirls here in Augusta. It's, it's just hard. It, it's a tough golf course under those conditions. Made it a little bit easier because they had two inches of rain from Tuesday afternoon to Thursday morning. So, it's a little softer. I had, like my friend Derry Myers, who's a, who's a golf nut, uh, you know, along the lines of, of T-Dub. I mean watches a lot of golf, and he said, boy, the greens just appear to be just a tick slower, you know, this year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, 
But after a couple inches of rain, I mean, it's going to do that, right? Because this course was hard and fast on, on Monday and Tuesday, about as hard and fast. Well, Jordan Spieth said it's as hard and fast as he's ever seen it early in the week. But but still, I mean, it was tough conditions. And so that's, that makes what, what Scotty Scheffler did to come out and shoot five under par. And remember, he was in the last group of the day. I mean, for much of the day, I mean, he had the worst conditions. I, the, the wind might have laid down just a little bit. Normally, here in Augusta, it lays down like, you know, starting 5.36 in the afternoon. You know, if you're playing till 7, 7.30, a lot of times you can have the last hour, hour and a half of your round where the wind does lay down. But it was forecasted to still be gusting up to 25 at 7 o'clock. And, and at, times, at times, it would look like it's starting to lay down. And then all of a sudden, you'd look out and the flags were just out sideways. And so, I don't know. That makes it even more impressive for him to go out and shoot 67 today. And coming off what he – I mean, to win uh, three times in five tournaments and then do that, being number one in the world, only 25 years old, all the expectations put on you. I know you could argue that he's flown a little bit under the radar this week with the return of Tiger. And, you know, just the fact that even though he was number one in the world, he's only played in two Masters and, what, finished 18th and 19th, whatever. And But – you know, not even a, a, a top 10 yet here at Augusta National. I don't know. I wasn't picking him. Not to, I don't know too many people that were picking him to win this week. And then he does what he did today, guys. I, I think it's just totally amazing. Normally, I would be pulling for a guy in front like that to fall back to the pack so we can have an exciting golf tournament. And there's a long way to go. And I was here in 96 when Greg Norman had the six-shot lead. And Faldo just went out and beat him by 11 shots that day and won by five, you know, going away. And so any, anything can happen in 18 holes, much less 36 holes. So I'm not saying the tournament's over, but I am saying I have a hard time pulling against a guy like Scotty Scheffler, you know, because the guy just seems to be so solid. Uh, it, it, he seems to come from a solid family. He doesn't seem like some pampered kid, you know, that, that, that uh, comes in and is all full of himself when he has success at a young age. The guy has won on every level like Tiger did, winning a U.S. junior, having success in college at the University of Texas. He didn't take off and, you know, try to be a professional after one year of college. He, you know, he stayed at Texas and enjoyed the, the college experience, had great success on, on, on that level. Comes out, he's rookie of the year on the PGA Tour, you know, for a long time, you know, people were saying, well, he's doing really good, but why doesn't he win and so forth? And then, you know, he wins three times in five events, and now he's got a five-shot lead at the halfway point here at Augusta National. I mean, it, it shows signs of an incredible, incredible career. I don't see his, his life off the golf course going sideways anytime soon. Stable family, stable wife, it looks like. I, I'm happy for him, and it's hard for me to root against him, guys. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with everything that Huntman said. That you look at it, guys, within three by five strokes after 36 holes, that ties the uh, the mark. There's only been um, five other players that, that have led by five uh, going into Saturday's round. And the only person to not win after leading by five was Harry Cooper back in 1936. Who lost We've had a few things uh, happen in, in the world of life. Tito, did, did you know that, or did you pull that off live from? Uh, I, I saw it. I actually saw it on Sports Center, then I saw it on live from again. So I made sure <laughs> to go. That's, that's, that's the man doing his research. Then. Yes. <laughs> I, I, 
Hey, you got to know every when someone gets a five shot lead, you got to figure out if there's anything that's going to stop this run. And I'll be honest with you guys, I don't see anything that is because you know since 19, looking at the people who have led by five uh, after 36 holes, you got Jack Nicklaus, Raymond Floyd, and, and Spieth, all sure sure ballot Hall of Famers, and Scheffler being number one in the world at 25 looks like he's on his way to doing that. And I've, I've thought about some some runs, guys, over the last few years. You know, Jason Day in 2015 comes to mind. Uh, Kepka, when he was on his major run, also comes to mind. You obviously have Keith and Rory even a little bit further. DJ's been on like three or four of them now. And I, I don't know if, if Scheffler played any of those guys at the top of their game. The ones that I mentioned, obviously not going to include Tiger in that mix. But, I mean, I think Scheffler's playing just as good as any of them whenever you look at everything in his game. He's gaining almost a, a stroke and a half in every single aspect. Off the tee approach, around the green, and almost two strokes putting, guys. So, I don't know, Sam. It's, I don't see any logical thing that's going to happen as exciting as Augusta National is. Sam, I don't see any way that Scheffler doesn't end up closing and winning this tournament. Yeah, and we'll get more into Scheffler after the break. Dad, I just want to uh, you know, ask you about your thoughts on Tiger. You know, the main thing to me today was the short game shots. I know he got the bad break on four, but the bad chips, you know, on three and um, 11 and 15, I felt really, you know, kind of cost him a little bit. I thought he played better than his score today. Um, you know, and if, if it weren't for Scotty Scheffler, I think that uh, Tiger might be right in this tournament. Yeah, everything was just a little off the first five holes. I mean, his driving was way off. I mean, he drove it right bunker at one, right, right bunker at two, uh, drove it right at five. Uh, like you said, on, on four, to be fair, a better it, shot. I mean, to be fair, yeah. it did seem like everybody was off on the first four holes or five holes. No, no, you're right. And and number one's been playing really tough. Number four is always a tough hole, but they were playing the FTs today at number four. It's, it's playing, you know, 170 something yards, uh, where instead of 240. But that's because they put that pin over on the right shelf, and and. You know, if, if his ball stays there, well, then he's going to have a pretty straightforward uh, pitch shot, and he probably pars the hole, but it backs all the way back down the hill. And then his pitch shot looks like it's going to stay on the shelf, and then it backs all the way back down the slope. So, you know, he, he was, you know, fortunate to have a, a, a two-putt and get out of there with a bogey. But I'm just saying, you, you bogey one, you only par five-two, which is, you know, is a birdie hole. You only make a par on, on number two. And then number three, out of the middle of the fairway, hits a bad iron shot to the right. And like you say, he doesn't get that up and in. And the makeable putts that he had, sometimes he would hit a decent pitch shot, give himself a makeable putt, but he, he just wasn't making the par putts today like he did yesterday. So, and then on five again, you blow it out to the pine strong trees to the right, lay up. I mean, it gives himself another chance at a par, but uh, can't convert that putt. And all of a sudden, you've bogeyed four out of the first five holes. Well, now, you know, you're three over par and, and you're looking at possibly missing the cut because, you know, we, we knew the cut was probably going to be at four over and you got a lot of golf to play. So you need to start hitting some good golf shots. Well, he gave himself at least a birdie opportunity. at six is a longer birdie opportunity. But then, but then, you know, starting at seven, guys, I don't know, something, something clicked in for him. But I thought that drive at seven was the key to his round because, I mean, he just piped it right down the middle on the hard driving hole and, uh, you know, gave himself a chance there but, but, but missed the putt. But, but then at eight, he had two really good shots to be just off the green, and, and he gets that one up and in, so a, a much-needed birdie at, at number eight. And, and then he went from there, but then he bogeys the, the back-to-back holes, you know, at, at the start of the back nine, but 
uh, I I thought you know the the two birdies at, at uh, thirteen and fourteen. He got a little break at thirteen. You know when he mishit his second shot, stay short of the creek or right of the creek, however you want to look at it, and and a nice pitch and and the short birdie cut at thirteen and then fourteen hit two really good shots and all of a sudden he's you know he's he's back on track with with those two birdies and really had some birdie opportunities had two putts down the stretch right that looked pretty mm-hmm. good and just lacked a, a, a tick of speed or maybe he didn't play him out quite high enough and both of them missed just on the low side yep but hey but, but Donnie Pepper with a Sam, great call on 16 by the way right up the fall line but anyways go ahead <laughs> well, well anyway the, the point I, I think you said it well that that in a lot of ways he hit the ball even better than he did yesterday after the first five holes but but um but again, hey, what did we say at the start of the week? We said, you know, I, I think he'll make the cut. I don't think he'll contend, you know, have a chance to win. Uh, I, I said he'll 25 to 30 or 25 to 35, somewhere in that range. Uh, right what, before I left the course, I think he was tied for 19, I think. And, and uh, so, hey, listen, you know, he's nine shots behind Scotty Scheffler, but he's, he's only um, – Four shots Let's behind Schwartz and him and, yeah, and yeah, Shane Lowry and Matsuyama. Right yeah. 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 So, anyway, hey, it's great to have him around for the weekend. It's been a great story. Um, Scotty Scheffler's a, a, a tremendous story. My man JT at least came back and, and, and uh, you know, made the cut, and, and he showed some good form today after shooting a 76. He's actually under par for the tournament now. Yeah, my man Kapka totally missed the cut. Uh, you asked me the other day about Spieth and Morikawa, and I totally missed that one, uh, saying I'd take Jordan Spieth over Colin Morikawa. I watched Spieth on the range today, guys, and and it was that was one of the great things. I mean, you walk out there and you got them all lined up there, you know, with with you know, uh, you know, guys like Spieth, Morikawa. I saw DJ uh, on, on the range for a while, but Kapka, uh, Kapka Hovland. All these guys, some of the top players on the range, and when you see them all hitting balls right next to each other, you, you think, how is this guy Jordan Spieth even <laughs> out on the tour with these guys? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you, his ball striking was that that different from all these other guys lined up next to him. I, I don't know. Wow. It's just amazing to me what uh, Spieth can do with a short game and, and patch it together. Uh, but but anyway, I was, well, I was totally wrong about him uh, beating more tower. Well, Dad, so, hey, right. hey, thanks hey, for joining listen, us. I got to get back in. Hey, What's Dad, that? I, I said thanks for joining us. I I just wanted to you right. know tell you and Al thank you. And hey, last question. Last question. Does yeah. Scotty win? Yeah. Does Scotty win? And where does Tiger finish? Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say Scotty wins, and I'm going to say, uh, I don't know. For Tiger, I'll say T12. All right. All right, Dad. All right. I love you. Thank you. Have, Have a good man. one, guys. See All right. You're the best. All right. Cheers. For Taylor Williams, this has been Sam Humphreys and the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma, the 73rd hole. Hey, I wanted to remind you guys uh, to go to Instagram and Twitter and follow at the 73rd hole on Twitter and at 73rd hole on Instagram and follow at squares as well. And you will be entered to win some pair a pair of signed Faldo 11 golf shoes that are just awesome and we will pick that winner on Masters Sunday um so big big thank you not only 
to my dad, Craig Humphreys, and Al Eschbach, the absolute legend, and Taylor Williams. This has been Sam Humphreys here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Have a great Masters weekend, everybody.